Till Death Do Us Part is a lighthearted and sometimes satirical true crime podcast where we present our dysfunctional married take on serious cases involving other dysfunctional relationships. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. I almost forgot my name there for a second. You could just make one up. I could. Lisa. You do not look like a Lisa. I don't look like a Lisa. No. We wanted to take this opportunity to thank all our new listeners from the Candy Montgomery miniseries that just popped up on HBO. That is a story that will not go away, is it? <laughs> I'm so over Candy Montgomery, but you know. We are considered a comedy, satirical, true crime podcast. So if that is not your forte, we suggest that you go discover somebody else. Yeah, that's fine. I would, if I were you. Yeah. And if you are into dysfunctional marriage communication, then welcome to Till Death Do Us Part. Boy, you are in the right spot. (laughs) (laughs) Who, me or them? Them. (laughs) Yes. We have some listeners from Instagram who shared with us their favorite thing that happened to them this week. This is the positive spin on a world of negativity. 100%. All right. So we have Mrs. Lowe Smith. I went on my President's Club work reward trip. It was amazing. What is a President's work reward? President's Club work reward. Club. I don't know. That's all I got. But I am so glad that you had a great trip. I'm a little jealous and I don't even know where you went. Right? I want to go on a president's club trip. I know. That sounds very like high class. All right. Luke, he said, yay, Friday. Lukey. And my first 20 mile bike ride. You got to have a good seat for that, especially if that's your first bike ride. I mean, your first 20-mile bike ride. Yeah, you can't have broken tailbones still after a year. Well, you don't sit on your tailbone on a bike. It's more of the crotchal area kind of supports. Strong crotchal area. Unless you got a big, wide, like elderly person seat with the... Oh, I thought you were going to say crotch. (laughs) Yeah, well, that too. Oh, no. This is starting off really good. Anyway, Mm -hmm. sounds glorious, especially if it was downhill. Bethy Bellis says, having a weekend away with my love. Aww. I see, I'm jealous of that too. Grella32 said, a bird pooped on my head yesterday using emojis. <laughs> and that was a positive thing? God, I hate to see the I negatives guess. that happened. <laughs> All right, we got some birthdays. Ellis Glow, Elos Glow, says, yesterday was my birthday. Happy freaking birthday. Happy birthday. And then Mrs. Dr. Cave, she says, I turned 36. Woohoo, late 30s. So thankful for another year. I hope she's not a gynecologist. You know, one of our listeners said that she must be married to a gynecologist. Okay, I'm going to get you in the stirrups. <laughs> and awesome. then Dr. Cave will be in shortly to have a look. That's amazing. Like, what? And then mistakes lost three pounds. Lucky. Jeez. Uh, That's what I was wondering where it went because it went on to me. It did. Daniel has your three pounds if you're looking to get them back. If Melissa loses weight, 
I'll go step on the scale. I've gained the weight she lost. It transfers in bed. Is it what, does. This is what we've discovered. It does. On both of us, though. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's some of the highs of your week. So thank you so much for sharing those with us. Thank you. We are not doing factoids today. For and why are we not doing factoids? Because people hate factoids. No, they don't. They love factoids. They want <laughs> just the facts of the case, not extra facts that I bring. <laughs> that's not true. We do not do factoids. If we are continuing our series from the book, Till Death Do Us Part. In this episode, we are going to talk about the chapter titled, The Black Widow Prophet Killer. I hate black widows. (laughs) They are everywhere right now. (laughs) Do you know how you hunt black widows? I know how you hunt black widows. With a propane torch and a flashlight. (laughs) Seriously. They're everywhere. It's pretty comical. It's bad because you can only get them at night and they stick out when you shine a flashlight on them. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with what you're talking about, is there? No. No. Okay. Of course not. Daniel. Yes. What do you think the Black Widow Killer was named after? The spider. The Latrodectus, which is a deadly spider that uses its venomous bite To mercilessly kill their victim. Which is why I'm out hunting them at night. (laughs) The Black Widow Killer is a woman who murders a single or multiple spouses, partners, or other family members, but they prefer to kill a spouse or intimate partner. Is that the woman portrayed in the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland, Disney World? Yes. Right? That's her. That's the Black Widow Killer. Yeah, the one up in the attic. Yeah. Till death. Do us part. Is that where we got the idea for the name? No. No. Okay. Our name comes from a very funny show in the UK. So there There you you go. go. That's why it's spelled with two L's. For those of you that are like, you're grammatically wrong. (laughs) You're correct. Yes. But it was on purpose. Or if you're in the sea, it was on porpoise. (laughs) Nothing? All right. Okay, wait, let me get back to this. All right. God, stop. This killer typically begins the murders after the age of 25 and may go on actively killing their victims for a period of 10 years or until they get caught. Of course, Hollywood has a glamorous portrayal of these women, but in reality, these women seem to be very plain, not someone who you would consider beautiful. Oh, The Black Widow relies on her ability to win the trust and confidence of those who she will ultimately murder. She's in it for the long game, which gives her the perfect alibi. The Black Widow was the confidant, the one who the victim trusted the most. Poison is often the weapon of choice. The victim's death is long and agonizing. The motive, profit. She tends to murder for financial gain, such as life insurance payout, or to receive her victim's financial assets. Is that why you married me? 100%. Okay. Rage and revenge may also factor into her motive, but mostly her insatiable appetite for money. When the Black Widow needs more money, her murderous impulses strike again, usually in a quiet, careful and often undetected manner. When it comes to intimate partner murders, women commit seven murders for every 10 committed by men. 
Traditionally, black widows will meet their husbands or partners through widows or widowers' clubs, websites, ads, and mutual acquaintances. Killing for money, power, and material gain has been happening since the beginning of time, and the female sex is certainly just as guilty as the male sex. Oh, good. See, equality. <laughs> But what shocks the public about these certain female killers is that it seems to defy the image of a woman. Women are looked to as being naturally wired to be good and loving life partners and nurturing mothers. And the Black Widow is thought to be some of the most intelligent, imaginative, and vigilant murderers when it comes to domestic homicide, which makes these women very scary. Because they're crazy smart. In fact, many of these particular crimes go undetected because they are so cleverly executed. Mm -hmm. And they use an array of methods to carry out their plan and oftentimes show little to no remorse over the homicides they commit. Early studies have shown that female killers encompass all the criminal qualities of the male, plus all the worst characteristics of women, namely cunning, spite, and deceitfulness. Even believing that women may be more cruel, vengeful, cold, and ferocious as men. Why do a lot of these women get away with some of these crimes more easily than their male counterparts? Well, a professor named Otto Pollack believes that this is due to underreporting, underdetection, and the paternalism of the police and the court system. Wait a minute. So you're saying that they're biased against men? Back when he was doing this study. Gotcha. Okay. It might still be happening, but... I think so. And that women, especially criminal women, are deceitful by nature. Their deceitful and manipulative ways are encouraged by their ability to fake orgasms, feign sexual pleasure, and pretend to desire a man. And that women are difficult to trust. So I think this guy Otto wasn't very popular with the ladies. <laughs> Probably so not. I think he had a little bias opinion on that. But, you know, sorry, Otto. Sorry they were faking it with you, bud. So you think he was speaking from a little bit of experience? <laughs> I just think he wasn't very popular. That's possible. <laughs> he just seemed very angry at women. So the ones that he had encounters with kind of like basically he realized that women are faking it with him. In modern society, women are frequently viewed as victims when a homicide occurs within an intimate relationship. In American culture, women have a tendency to be viewed as weak compared to the domineering, all-powerful, and over-controlling man, and have received more lenient sentencing, hopefully feeling more remorse for their crime than a man. Hmm. In some cases, this is further from the truth. So what do you think about all that? <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. I think women can get away with a lot more than men because for one thing, it's society. Mm -hmm. So we, we want to believe women more than we want to believe men. Absolutely. Because there's more of a track record for men mm -hmm. throughout the ages, so to speak, right? Since the beginning of time. And so I think women are smarter in that they can plan things out. They'll see things 
down the road, whereas men typically probably are more short-sighted mm-hmm. and just act without thinking, whereas women will act in order of a plan. Yes. Because women are planners because that's how you're wired because you're more likely to look at, you know, especially having children. So you're trying to plan out your future. So when it comes to applying that to actually murdering or taking advantage of some unsuspecting dude, they're going to be better at it. Yeah. Women are in it for the long game. Yeah. If Mm -hmm. they want to be, if they want to get away with it, I think they can. Yes. I'm going to be telling you the case of Glenn and Lynn Turner featuring Randy Thompson. This case is the first case featured in the Black Widow Prophet Killer chapter in the book Till Death Do Us Part. And then the next episode, I will be telling you about the second case used in that chapter. Glenn and Lynn were married in August of 1993 in Marietta, Georgia. Glenn was a Cobb County police officer, and Lynn was a 911 dispatcher. Lynn had at one time wanted to be a police officer, but after passing all the physical requirements, she had failed the psychological one. After 19 months of marriage, the couple were already headed for divorce. They had not shared a bedroom since six months after they said, I do. And Glenn had told close friends that he and Lynn had only had adult aerobics twice since getting married. Wow. If you skip the aerobics classes, you start to get out of shape. Even though they had had a very active sex life before they were wed. Lynn had told Glenn that she had female problems and was no longer able to ride the pony. Hmm. Okay. (laughs) All right. But according to Glenn's friend, he himself could have named three or four other men she was doing the deed with, just not her husband. Oh, so she didn't have any energy left (laughs) for him. Mm Mm-mm. I mean, horseback riding, evidently. (laughs) Lynn also liked to spend money, lots of money, forcing Glenn to work multiple jobs just to keep them afloat. He would tell friends that just when he would pay off some debts, she would rack up new ones. Oh, God. So 30-year-old Lynn had champagne taste on a Bud Light budget. Oh, boy. On March 3rd, 1995, Lynn found her husband of 19 months, 31-year-old Glenn, deceased in the guest room, lying on the bed and wrapped in blankets. This was actually the same day Glenn was supposed to be moving out of their home. Oh, what are the chances? Glenn had been sick for three days with a terrible stomach virus. He had been admitted to the local hospital with vomiting and diarrhea, plus he was incoherent and hallucinating. Glenn was given fluids and medication, then he was released. Later that evening, around 12 a.m., Lynn said she awoke to Glenn hallucinating, trying to fly off the back porch. She had even found him in the basement trying to drink gasoline. Lynn was able to get Glenn back into bed, and the next morning, she had made him some jello, which he ate, and then Lynn left around 9.30 a.m. to run some errands returning around 2.30, and then finding Glenn on the bed, dead. Oh, boy. According to Glenn's autopsy, there were no traces of alcohol or drugs in his system, but there was evidence of heart trouble. 
He had died from an enlarged heart and irregular heartbeat, something he had never had issues with before. How can you tell if someone had an irregular heartbeat after they've been deceased? That's a great question. I wonder. I don't know. But Glenn was a really active and physically fit guy. Oh, like me. Absolutely like you. Yeah. So dying from any sort of heart issue should not have been the case with Glenn. Yeah. Shortly after Glenn was buried in the local cemetery, Lynn collected on his $150,000 life insurance policy and began collecting on Glenn's pension, which was $750 a month. What? And was soon living with a new man, a Forsyth County firefighter named Randy Thompson. Okay, hold on. Okay. What year was this? That he died? Yeah. Oh, 1995. 95. So buck 50 and 750 a month? That's mm-hmm. it? That's it. Oh. We're also in Georgia. You, you know what, though? He, it wasn't like he was at the end of his career. No, he had only been a okay. police officer for less than a decade. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, that's reasonable. That's probably more than reasonable then. Seven fifty a month would have been a lot. Because mm-hmm. normally you don't get a decent pension until you've put in at least a certain amount of time. It seems to be like 20 years. If it's after 20 years, that's when things start piling up. Yeah. Like money. And law enforcement typically get a shorter than average career time to make it to full retirement Mm. but because of the nature of the job okay so like other jobs might be 30 years they only have to put in like 22 or 20 or something like that okay anyway that's okay that makes sense so randy and lynn had begun dating about a year into glenn and lynn's marriage oh boy only randy did not know about glenn because lynn had told him that she was divorced And they were in two different counties. Glenn and Lynn were in Cobb County, and Lynn and Randy were in Forsyth County, which are right next to each other. Okay. So they didn't know each other. Gotcha. That's still pretty good, though, that she could pull that off for a year. Mm Mm-hmm. And... But I think most people knew that she was banging other dudes. Most people, other than the guy she's banging and her husband... Yeah, so, which she, just goes so to, she did good. Yeah. Which just goes to show guys want to believe more than women when it comes to marriage and relationships. They want to believe that they're not being cheated on? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah women are more cynical and suspecting. Oh, true. Men are like, oh, because of ego and we're actually fragile. More fragile than women yes, emotionally. Yes, we're actually more fragile than women emotionally, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say so. We've been learning a lot about that over these cases, huh? Oh, jeez. By the summer of 1995, Lynn had bought a house for she and her new lover, Randy. Oh, not lucky him. He didn't even have to do anything. She's setting it all up for him. Well, she got $150,000 from Glenn. Yeah, in mid-90s, that would be a pretty decent house in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I had read it was $13,000, the house. But it seemed <laughs> really low to me, so I uh, didn't want to state that as fact. All right. Well, that seems really cheap. It does, right? Okay. All right. Maybe it was meant to say $31,000. Okay, still cheap. <laughs> Okay. In 1996, Lynn gave birth to the couple's first child. 
Randy really tried hard to get Lynn to marry him, but she didn't want to. Now, I'm pretty sure she didn't want to lose that monthly pension by marrying Randy because she would have lost the pension from Glenn. Mm -hmm. And he still has no clue that she was married and lost a husband to perfectly normal circumstances, right? Right. That's from what I could gather is that they did not know. In 1997, Lynn persuaded Randy to get a life insurance policy of $200,000, making her the sole beneficiary. And a couple years later, Lynn and Randy welcomed another child. That's fair. You got uh, inflation, right? So Mm -hmm. early 90s, buck 50, a few years goes by, you got to up it by another Mm 50,000. So yeah, that's good. Okay, so they're... Living together. Uh They're not married. Right. They kept calling Lynn Randy's common-law wife, and they have two children. But she would be a common-law wife at that point. By 1999, the couple's relationship was failing, and Randy had moved out, saying it was for his sanity. Friends and family weren't surprised. The couple fought like cats and dogs. Some even said that it was comical how much these two fought. To me, I would think it was foreplay, but no, it was highly dysfunctional. (laughs) Okay, so when we fight, like real physical altercation with like sticks, (laughs) do you consider that foreplay? Not with the sticks. Right, okay. Yeah. Over their four-year relationship, Randy had attempted suicide twice, trying to overdose on pain medication. Now, people close to Randy believe it was an attempt to get away from Lynn or to get her to stop making his life miserable because she would keep his two children away from him and try to control every aspect of Randy's life. Lynn made Randy's life unbearable, and he just wanted her to stop. All right, I have a quick question, comment. Okay. If it's that miserable... And she doesn't want you to be around the kids. Why wouldn't you just immediately leave? Why would you want to commit suicide? I would just leave and then go and file for, you know, custody or something like that. They don't necessarily believe that it was to actually end his life. It was a cry for help. It was to get her to see that everything that she's doing to him makes him not want to be in this world any longer. So again, he still believes. He still has his ego. He still thinks that she actually cares about him. I don't know, because it also said that he knew that she didn't love him. It was a really messed up relationship. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it was really bad. That's crazy. On January 22nd, 2001, a friend entered Randy's apartment and found him dead, wrapped in a blanket, and lying on the couch. Like Glenn, 32-year-old Randy had been suffering from a severe stomach virus for a few days. He was vomiting, had diarrhea, flu-like symptoms. Uh But this all happened following a dinner date that he had with Lynn. Now, they were amicable at this point in the relationship, and some even say that the two were on their way to some sort of reconciliation. Hmm. So maybe she had changed. Sure. Oh, yeah. People change. (laughs) According to Randy's autopsy report, his death was caused by heart failure. God, she doesn't have very good luck picking guys with decent hearts. No, she does not, even though he was very healthy and fit. 
Actually, both of these men were quite attractive, so I might she's, say. she's picking hot guys with bad hearts. Yes. What are the chances? I don't know. And Lynn, to me, wasn't much of a looker. I'm almost afraid to start exercising. You should be, sir. I could sir. drop dead from heart failure. <laughs> okay. But the medical examiner found something strange when he took a closer look at Randy's kidneys. He found calcium oxalate crystals. Now, these could be the result of prescription medication, or they could be caused by poison. Oh, boy. The medical examiner sent the samples to the toxicology department and asked for an ethylene glycol test to be performed. There it is. Ethylene glycol is the chemical name for, what is it, Daniel? Antifreeze. Antifreeze. Do you want me to go get a jug of it so we can have it sitting here in front of us? Just no. for a prop for mm. ourselves? No, I'm actually really scared of it. Why? Because it's horrible what it can do to people. You know the worst thing about antifreeze? What's that? Old antifreeze that's been in a car way too long. It smells god-awful. What does it smell like? It's very sour smelling. Fresh antifreeze is kind of a sweet. and It's, it's a weird smell. Okay. It doesn't have to be green. Typical antifreeze is green, but now you can get it. It's, an, it's orange. Mm. While they were waiting on the results for Randy, Glenn's friends and family had heard about his death. Not only did they begin calling Forsyth County's lead investigators and the DA, but Glenn's mom sent Randy's mother a condolence card telling her how sorry she was for her loss and that the two women should talk. Oh. Randy's mother called her, and the two did end up talking, sharing the similarities between their two sons' deaths. Alarm bells were going off in both families. There was no way that Glenn and Randy both died from natural causes. Especially since they both didn't have good relationships with the same woman. Meaning okay. their, their relationships were taking a turn. Yes. Right mysteriously before they developed okay. issues, right? Mm-hmm. How could two young and healthy men in their 30s die from heart-related issues that had never been present before and suffering from the same exact symptoms and both having been in a serious relationship with the same woman? According to the prosecutor... This was a tragic coincidence, and there was no evidence that the deaths were related. Plus, Lynn had no criminal record. Okay, well, when does a criminal record start? You don't just are born with a criminal record. <laughs> right. You could say that too, like, well, they, she doesn't have a criminal record, so we're going to go ahead and not charge her with this. <laughs> like, well, she has to start at some point. <sighs> <laughs> Do you believe in coincidences? No, never. Do you believe in multiple coincidences? Like no. <laughs> just consistently, like, no way, it's not possible. No, I don't no believe in No one's that lucky or unlucky. Yes, you say that often. I do say that a lot uh -huh. because it's sad, but you'll hear people that are constantly making excuses. And I finally go, you know what? There's no way you're that unlucky. Right. You are creating your own bad luck. The sample taken from Randy came back negative for a significant quantity of ethylene glycol. What? The medical examiner had a hard time accepting those results 
And like everyone else, he had also heard about Glenn Turner, who had died six years before. The medical examiner took a look at Glenn's autopsy report and polarized the lung and the kidneys, which means he looked at slides Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. the kidneys and the lungs, and he saw crystals in Glenn's kidneys in those slides. But were Glenn's results, did they they identify the the crystals, right? No. They didn't check for ethylene glycol. Come on, guys. The medical examiner went back to the toxicology lab and had them recheck their results on the tissue samples given by Randy. Turns out the lab had made a mathematical error. It was off by 10. Randy actually had a lethal level of ethylene glycol in his system. He had died from acute ethylene glycol intoxication. So Randy's death was now a homicide. Holy crap. In, how, do, how do you screw up by a factor of 10? They put the decimal point in the wrong spot. Oh, God. See, that's why I tell our kid. I'm like, <laughs> dude, you got to watch those periods. The little dots. The are decimal very, points. They're very important where they go. In July of 2001, Glenn's body was exhumed. They did not have him cremated. He was buried. See, that was her. She screwed up. His tissue was retested, and it was confirmed that he had also died from a lethal amount of antifreeze. Lynn was the prime suspect, obviously. Sure. (laughs) Obviously. Sure. Investigators began looking into Lynn's actions before and after Randy's death. Some incriminating circumstantial evidence was found. Lynn had recently visited an animal shelter and asked the employee what kind of chemical was used to euthanize their cats, and if she could purchase some. She told them that she had a stray cat problem at her home and wanted them gone. (laughs) Lynn was told no. (laughs) (laughs) Investigators went to Lynn and Randy's bank. Turned out Lynn was in financial trouble. She had outstanding debts, including credit cards. She had multiple insufficient funds, and late charges that would cost her several thousand dollars a month. Oh, God. Isn't that wild? That's that's quite a bit for it to build up to that point. Yeah. yeah. And then they found out that Lynn went to the bank a few days before Randy had died and told the manager that she would make everything right within a few weeks. She would soon have all her debts paid up. But what she didn't know was that 11 days before Randy had died... He had lapsed on his life insurance payment. So Lynn wasn't getting anything out of that $200,000 policy, but she was able to collect about $36,000 from another policy. Now, some people think that Randy let the large policy lapse on purpose. It was also discovered while looking at Lynn's cell phone records that she had been trying to contact someone at the insurance company during Randy's funeral, during the church service and at the gravesite. She had made a few phone calls to the insurance company. If you worked in a life insurance company, uh, yeah. right, and mm-hmm. you're the adjuster, so to speak, right? You take those phone calls, and which would be terrible, right? Because you're going to get the call from the deceased spouse. Or the, I should say, the spouse of the deceased. The right? widow or the widow. Right, okay, yeah. Or the beneficiary. And like, yeah, so, um, yeah, my husband just died. 
um, an hour ago. So how long before I get this check? Yeah. And, and they like, write all that stuff down. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, wow. Um, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of a waiting period mm-hmm. just so we can confirm everything. <laughs> um, have you called the police yet to report the bot? Oh, yeah. No, I'll give him a call right now. I just want to let you know he died so you can get the check written up. <laughs> Like well, they, let's wait until the autopsy report is there's filed. There's got to be some crazy stories. Oh, I'm sure. Not to, not to give you ideas for another podcast, but can you imagine the kind of stories people could share like that? Oh, people that work at insurance companies? Yeah. Absolutely. Just, just related to this subject alone. Oh, man. We should do another podcast based on that. Trademark. No, trademark. No, no, we don't have time. <laughs> the state believed... Oh, wait. In November of 2002, Lynn was arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree murder. The state believed that Lynn had poisoned Glenn with antifreeze, giving him small doses at first to make him sick and then one large dose, the last one killing Glenn. The small doses sent him to the hospital, but he was able to recover. After Glenn was released, she had added at least half a cup of the sweet-tasting poison into the lime jello she had made for Glenn. There it is. Killing him within hours. In the autopsy report, it does say that he had jello in his stomach contents. Green jello. The jury was also shown a picture that an officer had taken of the gas can in the garage that according to Lynn, Glenn had been trying to drink out of. Right next to that gas can in this picture was a bottle of antifreeze. Mm-hmm. I think she was trying to show that she had thought he was trying to drink out of the gas can, but if the antifreeze had been found originally in Glenn's autopsy, then she could say, well, he must have been drinking the out of the antifreeze bottle. Oh, that's what I think she, she was did, doing. Okay. That, mm-hmm. You know what? That's actually crazy, but somewhat reasonable, I yeah. guess. I must be in a psychopath because mm-hmm. that's immediately what I thought. Now, the motive, Glenn's $150,000 life insurance policy and the secondary motive being her relationship with Randy. The prosecution was allowed to talk about Lynn's relationship with Randy and his suspicious death during Glenn's trial. Oh, so they allowed it. They allowed it. Nice. A Georgia Bureau of Investigation criminal profiler was asked on the stand, if Lynn did commit these murders, why would she do it? He said it was simple. She was a classic sociopath. Wow. In May of 2004, after two weeks of testimony, Lynn was found guilty of Glenn's murder. After Glenn's trial was over, the state then charged Lynn with the murder of Randy Thompson. Oh, my gosh. They did back-to-back trials. They tried to, Well, I mean, almost. Yes. In 2007, Lynn was on trial again for the death of Randy. It is believed that she added antifreeze to a glass of sweet tea that she had given to Randy after he returned home from the hospital, killing him. Uh And that she had also been giving him small doses of the antifreeze in the days leading up to his time in the ER, making him ill. So giving him all the same symptoms that Glenn had had. 
In the appeal records, it did say that she had also given Randy the antifreeze in Jell-O, but that's the only time I had ever heard or read that. Okay. It is also believed that Lynn was trying to find a new poison to use by going into the animal shelter and inquiring about what they use to euthanize cats and dogs. But she decided to go with her tried-and-true ethylene glycol when she was denied the purchase of the chemical. Yeah, that makes sense. I, that's not something you would just want people to just have. No, gosh, For no. lots of reasons, obviously. The defense did try to say that Randy could have drank the antifreeze himself since he had attempted suicide in the past. Now, nobody believes that um, at all. Nobody believes that. That is a horrible way yeah, to die. I, I would think you would want to take essentially you would want to overdose on pills. Right. Because that would be the, there'd be no pain mm -hmm. and eventually your heart stops, which is very sad because obviously we have a severe drug problem going on right now, yes. even more so than ever before. And dying from ethylene glycol poisoning is a horrific death. Yeah, because your you kidneys, your liver and kidneys cannot process that poison no. fast enough. It, no. They will. If and it's you are a, in pain. Yeah, if it's a small enough dose- your body will clean it out, but eventually it's too much, and then you succumb to kidney failure. Lynn was convicted of Randy's murder. She was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole. Lynn was found dead in her cell on August 30th, 2010. It is said that she died from an overdose of her blood pressure medication. She was 42 years old. Lynn is considered a black widow who killed for profit. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. And once again, there's two kids who no longer have a dad and who no longer have a mom. And have to grow up knowing that's what happened to them. And she never confessed to murdering Glenn or Randy. It was all a crazy coincidence. Mm-hmm. All right. I got a fun fact. Oh, good. You ready for this? I am. The Antifreeze Bittering Agent Act of 2006. Oh. Have you heard of this? I have not. It now requires the use of a bittering agent to be added into antifreeze and other engine coolants, making the antifreeze unpalatable to humans and animals. No way. Yeah. You had said before when we had done a case like this, you had said that it's not sweet anymore. They had changed it. It is still sweet, and it is still green. I literally have two brand new jugs. One's green, and one's orange. However... Really? Yeah. Those the, aren't old? No. No, brand new. Okay. Brand new. So newer cars, uh, for example, like General Motors, calls for their own special GM coolant. Doesn't mean you have to use it. It's orange. Okay. That's just really a money thing. But is it sweet or is it bitter? I haven't tried it. You want okay. me to go try it? <laughs> no, um, I like you. The generic, that's what I'll, I'll use, generic engine coolant slash antifreeze is green. And it can come in concentrated form or premixed. So usually, it's so not usually... It must be, if it's concentrated, it's 50-50. So you use half and half distilled water and antifreeze. So this must not have passed then. 
Oh, I'm sure they did put bittering agents. That would be smart because it used to be people, it's sad and horrible. They say, if you want to get rid of your neighbor's cats, you just put out a plate of antifreeze and they'll drink it because it's sweet. And then they get kidney failure immediately and die, which is terrible. Hmm. Okay, well, I thought I was really smart that I found this because I was thinking, well, maybe the ones you have in the garage are old. No, you can go right this minute and get bright green Really? Then what's the point of having this antifreeze bittering agent act of 2006? That's the to make it bitter, not to change the color. No. Okay. So maybe it is bitter, but still, but it's still green. Yeah. Yeah. It's green and and orange. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to taste it. Well, probably (laughs) you want to keep it under a pint. No, under half a cup. Because it's really half a cup that and I shouldn't tell you guys this. Why am I telling you this? Yeah. If you get a little bit in your mouth, it's not going to kill you. Your body's going to flush it out immediately. Okay. Well, don't try it. Don't people. try it. But if you are going to try it, get the fresh stuff. Don't try the stuff that's been in your car for 12 years. It smells like a dead rodent's butthole. No, it's it's a very... <laughs> It's weird. It's like a sweet, I don't know. We, you, we'll go out there and we'll smell oh, all the different vehicles we have with different <laughs> levels of freshness of the coolants. All right. Well, Daniel, what did you think of the Black Widow profit killer in the case of Lynn Turner? <sighs> you know, it used to be if you found someone who loved to cook for you and make you food and stuff, especially <laughs> that, you know, traditional... The man marries a woman, and she's a great cook, and she's always making stuff for him. And then you say, oh, well, if she doesn't cook, like, oh, she's a terrible wife, right? Mm-hmm. Girlfriend, whatever. This is going to make you go, you know what? Maybe we should eat out tonight, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Let's, uh, let's go to a very public place, and I'll go get my own food from the buffet. And be suspicious of Jello, especially green Jello. I cannot think the last time I've had green jello. No. And now I don't want any. No way. My resources for this case were the book Till Death Do Us Part, The Black Widow Prophet Killer Chapter. Of course, a bunch of articles, including Lynn's appeal records, and there's an episode of Fofi, which on It's Always the Husband, that means forensic files, which I love. They call it Fofi. 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 I like it. And the episode is called Cold Hearted. She's a cold hearted snake. Look into her eyes. As opposed to a cunning spider. Oh, yeah. They should have named it like Black Widow Venom. I don't know. Whatever. Black widows are very patient. (laughs) So are women. Yeah. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's perfect. (laughs) Because they'll sit there and wait till it's perfect and then do it. That's Mm -hmm. why we are dangerous. We are are dangerous species. Men, run away. (laughs) Run away. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy our craziness. And if you are new, thank you so much for giving us a chance, and we hope we've entertained. Just give us a chance. (laughs) I promise it'll get better. If you are interested in more of us, you can find us on Patreon at Till Death Do Us Part podcast. And yes, you can. we love it over there. And we're just so thankful for everyone who is helping us to produce this show. Mm-hmm. So be careful. For marriage is a life sentence. And divorce 
is always the better option to murder. (laughs) Bye. Bye.